Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to another episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. It is I, Colton Robertson, and today I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? What up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. Today, we continue our 52-year journey through film. Made it all the way through the 70s, all the way through the 80s, all the way through the 90s. We're a little bit over halfway here through the odds. We're in the year 2006. And this week brings us The Departed. I, I would say, you know, recently we've had a little bit of a saga of cop movies. Mm. Uh, you know, we had Training Day co- a couple weeks back, and then I feel like a few weeks before that even. Seven? Seven, um, yes. That's what I was thinking. There. Um, yeah, seven. Shawshank, I guess, had some cops involved. Yeah, you know, it had the correctional fiction, officer. not really cops, but yeah. No, yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say yeah. seven. The seven training day and the departed is our mm-hmm. is our cop trilogy mm-hmm. as as of right now. And I I tell you, I walk away from the departed here, certainly feeling better than I did about seven or training mm-hmm. day. Um, I would agree. I, I think. I, uh, Maybe the only thing that I'm walking away differently is in seven. I think it was more creative, more unique. Um, But um, that's probably the only difference there. Um, I think I'd say seven was probably a seven had a few of the same pitfalls that I had with this movie, actually, Mm. and a few of the same pitfalls as I had with training day. Mm. Um, So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. And, uh, but let's let's lay the groundwork for the people. The Departed, released on October 6th, 2006, written by William Monaghan, the screenplay anyway, based off the uh, movie uh, Internal Affairs, written by Alan Mack and uh, Felix Chong, and uh, directed by Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. And this is our third Scorsese flick on the 52-year journey through film. We've had Taxi Driver, and we've had good fellas, so he's 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 had we've had him in the seventies, the nineties, and the aughts. Mm. Um, quite the expansive career, and uh, I believe Taxi Driver might have even been our nineteen seventy six movie. Mm-hmm. It was. So this is it was indeed this is thirty years apart, wow. thirty weeks apart. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, he's uh, I think out of the Scorsese films that we've covered, I feel like I'm thinking I'm walking away higher on on Goodfellas um, than than The Departed. But I definitely like this movie uh, more than than Taxi Driver. I'd um, say so, too. I, I, I'd say so, too. And, but, uh, you know, there are points. This is a little more riveting than Goodfellas hmm. was. There's a. Hmm. Uh, like Goodfellas, you know, there's there's a whole other diff, there's a different appreciation for that for that movie and that story as it unfolds. 
the way it's told is really fascinating. Uh, the perspective of the snitch being unfolded the whole time as he's confessing and telling telling his side of the story, and then that being how the, the film comes together. I thought it was a really interesting storytelling device, and I think that's kind of something this this movie lacks is the uh, uh you know it has a pretty interesting storytelling device but uh i don't i don't know that it comes together as satisfyingly as goodfellas does by the end mm. of it uh however this one keeps me on the edge of my seat i'll say that for sure oh yeah yeah i was definitely uh i will say that this is kind of my i've seen this movie before but i've never gotten to the ending and i don't know why every mm. time that i've watched this movie I've had something else come up or I've I've joined in halfway through or something along those lines. Um, so I've never got to sit down and fully watch this movie before. Um, <laughs> I actually and... have a pretty funny story. Uh, one time, you know, like I'm watching this movie and like I kn- I'm like, I know I've I know I've seen I know I've seen a part of this, mm. but I can't remember what part of this I've seen. Mm. And uh, we get. We're on the elevator down right with with matt damon and leonardo dicaprio leonardo dicaprio has him in his handcuffs and i'm like man this doesn't feel like how this movie's supposed to end mm, mm-hmm. uh <laughs> and uh you know he steps off the out the elevator gets a bullet in the head and it was at this moment that i realized holy shit there was a time when my dad was channel surfing mm. Mm-hmm. Saw the departed, clicked on it, and it was immediately after he'd gotten shot in the head. Wow. I'd recog- I'd recognized mm. that shot and was like, "Oh my fucking god, this is the mm-hmm. scene I saw." Because then Matt Damon clips the other two guys, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, that's fucking insane!" Like, and so like Dang. there was a great deal of satisfaction for me there because mm. I was just like, "I can't believe I've actually seen that part, and I still didn't see it coming." Yeah, I've I've seen the ending as well. Um, like the rooftop, I recognize, and I'm like. Mm. Okay, I know like it goes down here. Like something's like gonna Yeah, like something's about to happen here and I I and I still couldn't like I didn't piece everything together and mm. I, like it still shocked the hell out of me. Um it was a you know and that's what I'll give this movie. Is mm-hmm. that it has a really great shock value. You know, I think uh, far and away this is the movie we talked about the most immediately after before we got on the podcast, you know, because mm-hmm. I had some I had some like conflicting feelings about the movie and I still kind of do. I still need to work through it mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, I I don't really connect with any of these characters on a level that uh, is really that compelling, mm. you know, and I think it's a similar problem that seven had. I think it's a similar problem that training day had. And I think seven probably executed on it the best. I felt bad for Brad Pitt there at the end. But yeah. um wife's head in the box really kind of yeah that's that's a that's a rough one no and matter the who you pregnancy are. and like yeah like yeah, the, that yeah. one and, and you know it is more gwyneth paltrow that i'm like true fuck mm. than it than it is brad pitt but uh because she's the one you're really you're like god i hope she's i hope she mm. she's all right but you know she wasn't uh she was in the box um but yeah i don't really connect with any of these characters so when you know, Billy steps off that elevator and immediately catches a bullet to the head. I go, damn. Mm. But it's like, it was a surprise, but it's not a gut punch. Like I said, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I'm not or, getting, yeah. no not tears getting were, were, were dropped over this movie. No I didn't, tears shed. Yeah. Did not cry. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think if I felt for anyone the most, it, it was Billy. Yeah, uh, for sure. And, 
and you know, it was just uh he was placed into a situation where I don't know, I, I think uh I felt like there was some for some reason, like a little goodwill hunting, um, like references in here. Like whenever he was in therapy, he kind of like goodwilled her, like at, at the mm-hmm. beginning, you know, like analyzed her. Uh, so you had a, a drunk parent and, you know, like, you know, the little, little things. Uh, there's we, a little, there's a little line to uh, Colin at some point. that's like, well, your uncle was a janitor. And, uh, yeah. and I was like, wouldn't it be crazy if uh, Will Hunting was Colin's uncle? <sighs> Much to I'm, think about. Whoa. Um, which, yeah, but um, I mean, I did feel for him a little bit, but. Man, when he died, it was just an initial like, "Oh shit, he's dead!" Like I thought, I I thought he won here. You know, he had everything down, and then like, I mean, I I think it, it might have just been because his death wasn't very glorious at all. Um, it was very quick, very sudden. Just elevator opens, bam, dead, and then two more That's people true. die they right did, after they that. Didn't make a moment of it, but uh, but even if they did, I don't think I would have. I don't know. I don't think I, the, the only glorious death or glorious moment death that really was in this one was Costello's was, was Jack Nicholson, the way he died, honestly. And, and um, like, Oh, I'm like a son to you. Is that really mm-hmm. what this is about right now? And, you know, like I don't, that was the only kind of moment or big death that was kind of like paid attention to a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'd say and, so. I'd say but, so. And, you know, credit to Jack Nicholson in this role too. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there are times in this movie where, you know, I'm getting, I'm not getting lost in it. Mm. Like there's sort of a, like there's always sort of this distance between me and the movie while I'm watching it where you, we, we were texting back and forth last night about how the whole rat dyad was mm-hmm. really, really entertaining. But there was something about it that I couldn't tell if it was truly what they were putting on screen that was entertaining me or if it was the idea of it happening that made me go, how does mm. this work out? Um, I see. Yeah, that. I mean, it, it is kind of an interesting thought experiment to take away this cast and have it be not Leonardo DiCaprio, Jack Nicholson, Matt Damon, Mark Wahlberg, Martin Chi. You know, if we didn't have these big names, if this movie is still what it is. Um, and I think the main thing that we arrived at that would be our, our biggest gripe of the movie is the writing. Um of this movie, which is interesting that it won an Oscar for. Um, William Monaghan won Best Writing for an Adapted Screenplay. Yeah, uh, a, a remake of a movie um, that is also partially based on a true story, um, and the parts that they had to come up with themselves seemed very, very lazy. Um, and I don't understand how... I think um, it truly is the cast that people like just lock onto on this movie. I mean, some people say that this is, you know, their favorite movie of all time. You know, there there's the reviews of this movie are insane that, that, um, that they're saying that this was, that this is a masterpiece that, you know, it's, um, well, and I, I think there's, I think there's something to that. I think there, that you will find that this will probably be a lot of men's mm. favorite movie of all time. Mm. Uh, because it, it is a riveting action thriller. You know, with no emotional resonance, with mm-hmm. just a just a story that unfolds before you in a really crazy, twisty way. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine rewatching it and enjoying it as much as I did on the first watch. Yeah. Like this doesn't have 
an infinite rewatchability for me. Like I'll, mm. I'll revisit it, you know, but there are other movies that we've watched on this 52 year journey through film where I'm like, that will remain in my fucking rotation mm. forever. Like I will yeah. not stop watching that movie. Yeah. Like, uh, and you know, I guess every movie doesn't necessarily have to have an emotional connection to every character, uh, because you know, some of these characters you shouldn't connect with, or you shouldn't relate to, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, a movie like Shawshank Redemption. And if it just showed the events that happened and you had no connection to the characters whatsoever, that movie isn't what it is. You don't connect with Red um, and you don't connect with Andy. You know, that, that, that movie isn't what it is. That is what, what makes that movie is True. their relationships and, and all the emotional connection you can have there. Um, the events themselves aren't very grand or anything, but it's it's just – that's what makes that movie great. character moments. And uh, in this one, I think it just maybe it didn't care about that because it was either a cop or a rat or a mob, a mobster or, you know, people that you weren't supposed to connect with, I guess. But like, true enough, they true could enough. have done a lot more with Billy's character. I think they could That's have done a lot thing, more with Colin's character. There is only one character who I could potentially see myself connecting with. And to not act on that mm. that there's only like there's only one character to focus on here for emotional resonance mm. and I, like it, it it leads me to the conclusion that they absolutely weren't trying to do that you know like yeah. because if they were they would have they would have done better i'm assuming mm. at, at at trying to create create a person who you like i felt bad for him but like uh there were no character moments that made me go god the mo I, I think yeah, they were trying to make us feel bad for him, but every time they did, it was very lazy and they were just pushing it off or it was in hearsay. Like whenever his mother was dying, it was very fast and like it just happened and like you had no time to see him like get truly affected by it. Or, and like, then he walks out of the room and the guy's like, uh, do you need money for the funeral? Because he's he's connected and he's like, if we have you in our pocket. Like. You, we'll bring you back in. So, here, re-say that last line. The noise just came back for, for there. Oh, gotcha. Uh, I was going to say that, uh, you know, I think it was so like, you know, he offers the money for the funeral because, you know, if they have him back in his pocket, mm. he stays connected. And him saying like, uh, you know, once she dies, mm. we're not connected anymore. Mm -hmm. It feels a little like, it's like uh, I understand why that's where your focus is at, but it's a pretty like he literally feels like he's just watched his mom die or is about to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I, I don't like it. Felt like a weird, like not a very empathetic mm -hmm. feeling there, you know. Yeah, and like every time um, they would mention like in his past, it would just be like a character or or Billy himself talking about like what happened to him in the past and it was all like it was just kind of like one line that they were just trying to throw in there to make you feel for him but it like mm. never stuck like they, it was never an important part of the movie i don't think they didn't i don't know it, it's very interesting that um that the writing won an oscar um for the, that's that's the only kind of award that i i don't um understand here but uh yeah you know like i get the direction i certainly get mm. that um mm-hmm one motion picture of the year. One best uh, picture, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, another, uh, finally, we have some more Kansas City Film Critics Circle Award um, here uh, for for best, best screenplay. 
breast um, screenplay. Yes, breast screenplay. Speaking um, of breast screenplay, we had a porno theater in this, and what might have been a little <laughs> homage to Taxi Driver thirty years earlier. Oh, um, hmm. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but also um, interestingly enough, just to show you how horny everyone is, if you go to the frequently asked questions on IMDb, the top one is. What is the name of the porn movie that is being shown at the theater? No. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is ri- Oh my god. Wow. That's the, that is the <laughs> most frequently asked question about The Departed, which is frankly wow. the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. Hmm. That's um, <laughs> That is nuts. It is the uh, They're like that is an actual porno. We got to find out what that is. That looked awesome. That's what uh, you want to know about The Departed. You know, not a wow, <laughs> but uh, on IMDb it is the the fortieth top movie uh, out of everything. You know, it's, it's okay, um, which is which is interesting. A lot of I, I think you hit it kind of on the nose there that this is this is a a uh, a movie that that guys will uh, will get into, and yeah, I mean it's it's about a half point lower um, for for the female rating, which which is interesting, or I guess. Compared to the male rating, it is even more than a half point uh, for for the young the young age. And I mean, it is just kind of events unraveling before you. And I don't want to downplay this movie and say that it you know I wasn't on the edge of my seat because I definitely was. Um, and, and I certainly was too. It's it's the direction and the acting that keeps me in it though. Like it is it is the performances that I'm like I got to see what I got to see what's happening next now. You know what I'm saying? Like a Hmm. I I wanted Colin to Colin and Billy to meet. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to come face to face or you know phone to phone like they mm-hmm. did at some point, and uh, you know I was happy they finally did. At with like thirty minutes left in the movie, I was like, all right, all right, cool. But I, <clears throat> you know, like I said, I'm not I'm not feeling for any of these guys. I'm like I'm just hoping for certain things out of the story as it's as it's unfolding mm. and. Uh, you know, there I mean, there are definitely things that make me go, oh shit! You know, Queenan getting tossed out the side of a building—that mm. was a rough one. Damn. And I mean, I guess you know, and that's the thing—they try to make us feel for him too. Like whenever Billy went over his house, they're like, "That's my son behind you, my wife in bed." You know, they like they were just very like before each character died, they try to make you feel for them, and it was just very lazy. Like that, I don't know. That's kind of the uh, if I have to sum up the writing. In one word, I think it's it is lazy, um, because even the the big reveal, the how Billy knows that Collins the rap is through the envelope on his desk, um, and Billy, if he were to just write down all of his information, I guess you know he is a rat and he doesn't want to get you know discovered and everything, but he knows that they know he's part of their entourage and he's using his legitimate name the entire time. Um, there would have been nothing that popped up for him and like no one seems to care that he went through the academy and trained to become a cop like it just like it goes past everyone's mind and Anthony Anderson's character um, even says like oh yeah he went he went through the academy with me like me and him like you know we went through this together and uh like just he doesn't bring that up until the very very end even though like they obviously know he's part like i don't know it just seems that like um a lot of things were just kind of thrown over or thrown away and just kind of 
just written to to make the ending happen. Um, but I mean, the ending itself was was worth it in the end. Like it, it did, it did make the movie, and it is kind of like a a gladiator um, in the sense where the ending makes up for kind of the downfalls of the earlier parts of the movie. And it's an interesting, it's an interesting parallel, you know, because I think what gladiator does to save the ending is act on the emotional resonance Mm. that they've laid before you. Like it is the sad moment they present before you at the end that makes you feel it. Meanwhile, this is the opposite, you know, like that story kind of plays out how you were hoping, how you anticipate, how, Mm what is satisfying this one plays out and it is it just happens they are not going for the emotional resonance at all like that's and like you know that absolutely wasn't the intention you know like i don't think they Mm. wanted to make us get moved to tears by these by these actions here at the end i don't think that's the case at all but uh yeah i mean even at the the very last death you know like could have made it a a big moment it was just Okay, like it says one line, boom, and it shot to the head, dead. You know, it's okay. like, like it's yeah, like it's, it's all like fuck. All right, I guess none of us were gonna make it out of this, and you know, it's it's funny. You know, look at that, uh, look at that movie poster, mm. and uh, you got you got three characters on it, and it's called The Departed. Mm. Ah, I guess that they they are all The Departed. That makes sense. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, everyone, everyone just dies at the mm-hmm. end. It's just kind of like instead of wrapping up any character that's supposed to live on, for there's like a, a bullet in the head's way easier. I think, I don't know, I'm not saying that they're not supposed to die. I think uh, most of them should have. Um, but yeah, it seems it, it feels right for the story anyway, for them, mm-hmm. for it to have unfolded this way. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Mark Wahlberg taking justice into his own hands, getting revenge for Queenan's death. Mm. Um, I think that was a. Uh, I think I, I was just like, you know what? That's a, that's a nice subtle storyline. It felt very Tarantino esque. Mm. I feel like he he does the the subtle thing where you're like, oh shit, yeah, that's right, okay. Mm. Like uh, like and uh, I, I'm coming to recognize a lot more similarities between Scorsese and Tarantino works. The more that I more that we watch them, I think Tarantino gets takes what Scorsese's any of Scorsese's experimental elements and turns them up um, mm. and goes really hard at that because I've, we've watched a few Tarantino movies and I think Kill Bill and Kill Bill volume two are a little different, but you know, Pulp Fiction, it is just a series of events unfolding before us. Mm. There isn't a lot of emotional resonance. There is a lot of sudden twists, Vincent Vega's death at the hands of Butch. Mm. It happens, it comes, it goes, and that's that. Um, <laughs> That's true. Huh. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I guess they weren't it's kind of seems they were trying to go for emotional resonance though, a little bit, but it just didn't work. Like I don't know. It's it seemed that they were trying, but I, I guess it wasn't. I the think main they tried to build up film. sympathy mm. for, for Billy. Uh and it just it just felt it didn't quite do enough. Like it did enough for me to go, Well, I know I know this is the guy that I'm supposed to mm be sad for like uh but i i and i i felt bad for him you know like his whole getting thrust into undercover work and uh it going so horribly so quickly him witnessing all sorts of terrible shit 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I guess that like the performance that Leonardo gave, uh, like whenever he is in therapy, um, for the, you know, um, talking to Madeline and, and he's like, um, like, what do you want here? Like, what's the truth? And he's like, well, honestly, Valiant, you know, and, and then she immediately like closes his folder, puts it back. And he's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm seeing, some, I haven't slept in, in weeks, you know, blah, 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 like, blah, 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 like, uh, and whether he was, I mean, I feel like he was telling the truth there. And then he oh, was I like, yeah, was I'm, I'm supposed to be telling the truth here. If here, where, you know, where am I supposed to like tell the, I don't know. Like there were some moments, like very strong moments that he had. Oh, um, and there are plenty of, there are plenty of strong acting moments, you know, mm-hmm. like there, at the, I, I texted you last night that at the beginning of this movie, I'm kind of, uh, we talked about this with the, with Goodfellas, uh, like uh, whenever the mob stories are being unfolded before us, who we kind of end up pulling for is the mob. Typically, mm. uh, this one presents us with an obvious person to latch on to uh, in opposition to the mob. Mm. But, uh, you know, at the beginning of this movie and not for not for a ton of it, but for a little bit of it, I think I thought I was going to be on Colin's side. Mm. Um, mm. I kind of liked that he was. Uh, I liked the informant inside Mm-hmm. deal for the mob and i thought maybe they'd go a little bit more mob centric with the storyline kind of trying to fuck over the police department and all that but as it starts to unfold you realize that's not what this movie is mm. you know they're 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 trying to get you to root for billy and mm-hmm. uh, you know they ultimately do you know like there comes a point where colin stabs that dude in the alley and you're like fuck all right that's that's officially that mm. that um, chase scene by the way was like Oh, that was one of my favorite, like, favorite scenes, the way they shot up, like, in that wind chime that, like, the mirror um, and how it, like, oh, yeah. showed, like, his, like, literally, like, the, I don't know, kind of dyad, you know, of them, too, and then like, showing him, like. Yeah, turn around and like, away. Um, yeah, no, this was a. It was right out of a porn, you know, porn theater or whatever. I think, like, <laughs> it was just a really cool shot scene there. Oh, um, I think so, too. And I think that was a, you know, I think to seven for another chase scene that we were, mm. like, uh. And that one, I'd say it was so stylistically different and both were so effective. But I think this one's just so, so good. You know, I'm not a huge fan of like, I remember distinctly David Fincher's camera work running with Brad Pitt and the shaky cam stuff was going on. Mm. So it felt much more 90s detective <laughs> noir. Like mm-hmm. uh, it felt it felt very aged. And this was just so much more st- like a it felt much more stylistic. Like they were going mm-hmm. for an aesthetic appeal over the, uh, over the intensity of this, of the chase. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, uh, any nominations that you would like to make? Almost certainly. Um, yeah. I don't know about uh, set design or costume design. I don't think that there's anything really standing out there. Um, soundtrack did, it was, it was solid, but it didn't, uh, it didn't pop for me. There wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, there wasn't a lot there. And now, uh, if you want to get to the actress category, Vera Farmiga, mm-hmm. who played Madeline, we got a little bit of a Sopranos and MCU crossover with her, as she was Eleanor Bishop, mother to Kate mm-hmm. Bishop in Hawkeye, and uh, Livia Soprano in The Many Saints of Newark. Hmm. That's um, yeah. So played played a young Tony Soprano's mom in the movie. So I was like, all right. This is interesting. And I think she deserves a nod somewhere. 
Oh yeah. It's just a matter of whether or not it's best actress or best supporting actress. And that, that's what I was trying to to differentiate. Like, um, I guess there is really no other actress in this movie. Like, I yeah. mean, she is pretty much the only one. I guess. I mean. I mean, I think she's a supporting role of the movie. Um, but I guess when it d- does she is come, the lead actress. That's, that's true. That's that's the complicated guess, thing. So yeah, I don't really know how that all works or anything. And it's interesting that um, Leonardo himself wasn't he wasn't offered you know the nomination for for this role. And I read it like in the trivia that they wanted um, I, they didn't want his role to seem as the lead acting um, role of the movie, which which is interesting that they they really went with like Matt Damon and Jack Nicholson. Uh, for for like the leads of this movie, um, but I, I feel like if I'm nominating like uh, the performance like that I like the most was Leonardo's um, or Jack Nicholson's, I would say were for, were my two favorite. And the way I'd define that is I'd go Jack Nicholson in supporting mm. Leonardo and leading. Mm. Um, I, I I really would. I think that uh. I, I, I definitely think that's the case. You know, I don't think I think they left too much mystery on the table around Jack Nicholson for him to be the leading character. I thought both Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio. I thought about listing both of them in the best actor category and leaving Jack Nicholson in the best supporting. But uh, I think I'd agree. I don't think Matt Damon reaches quite as deep into the bag as he did with like uh, Goodwill Hunting. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. He's very effective, you know, like he's. It kept kept me in it. He was very intense, very well acted. But uh, you know, I I think you get a little bit more out of Billy with Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, oh, definitely best director for Martin Scorsese. Uh, he's definitely getting that nom going up there with Ridley Scott, Quentin Tarantino, and Peter Jackson. Yeah, I, uh, this. No, no writing. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't. I don't think I'm. I'm going to give you a writing nom. Uh, for I this. don't think so either. Um, and it's really interesting if you look at our best writer category right now. It is blank. Mm. <laughs> if there's anything we've had gripes with about our 2000s movies, it's been writing. Mm. Um, nah, and that's really interesting because you know we are in 2006. Mm. Uh, we have three movies left for the decade, and we don't have a best writer nod yet. Um, yeah, and I guess, you know, with, with Kill Bill, it's based on, um, isn't it based on a novel, uh, for Kill Bill? It was based on creators, or, uh, characters created by Uma, Uma and and Quentin Tarantino. So I think it's, it's pretty original there. Hmm. I guess, yeah, it is, it is interesting. Uh, like I say out of the stories that I liked the most, I mean, obviously Scooby-Doo is going to be up there. Um, and it could just be nominated for for every category, obviously. Um, but I'd say Kill Bill would be the the strongest so far in the writing cat, you know, section. Um, I'd say so. Um, but I don't know this movie that that is just where I I think the only not the only downfall necessarily, but the biggest downfall of this movie is the writing. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, other than other than that, I feel really high on this movie from a yeah. uh, critical perspective. Like, it was really well acted and really well directed. It had a really distinct style. Like, those shots where Matt Damon was in a little bubble and the screen expanded and the other one yeah. where it, it 
closed around him. Mm. I was like, okay, that's a cool little visual cue. Like uh, the world before him is opening up and everything's collapsing around him Mm. there at the end. Uh, I thought it was very, very effective. And Mm. I really, really fucked with that. Yeah, and I love the, uh, like whenever the movie starts to get, you know, kind of everything's happening all at once. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, like one of my favorite moments was, I forgot what the character's name is, but they were all, it was right after um, Queenan was thrown off the building and they were all, uh, the mob group was all back, uh, like recovering. And the guy that was shot, he was dying on the couch. Yeah. Um, and he was like. De La Hunt. How he basically, you know, proved to Leonardo that he knew that he was the rep, but he's like, ask me why I didn't say anything, you know, to anybody, which was interesting. Um, as to I, the only thing I could could come to for that is, um, like after when Billy's talking to Costello and they're like, think of anyone you know on this crew who uh, could think that they could be you and do it better. Um, and I was like, is that what that guy was going? Like, why didn't he tell everyone else that like he told him the wrong address and he showed up at the right one? You know, like. It, it was it because he did want to see Costello fall. And I remember was, when he said 314 Washington Street, I was like, it's 344 Washington Street. Is mm-hmm. that going to be a problem? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it certainly was. And yeah, mm-hmm. I couldn't really tell you why he didn't do that. Um, it doesn't. Della Hunt. Yeah, uh, Della Hunt. And right. interestingly enough, about Mark Rolston, the guy who plays Della Hunt, this was his third appearance in our 52-year journey through film. Hmm. If he appeared familiar, he was first in Aliens hmm. as one of the asshole sergeant, <laughs> and he was the, the biggest piece of shit in the Shawshank Redemption aside from Captain Hadley and hmm. Warden Norton. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was uh, he was a rough one, oh, yeah. to be sure. He said not to be human, Um uh, in in that movie those those guys aren't human you know they're or whatever so, i guess this is his it's, it's his yeah. most redeeming the noise is back fuck mm. still gone gone mm. all right and i guess out of his roles you know this one is the most redeeming um, he is still a mobster or whatever. He doesn't do anything necessarily too bad um, in here. But, uh, but yeah. yeah I, he was just a massive piece of shit in Aliens and then a massive piece of shit in the Shawshank Redemption. And this one, he's just a piece of shit. <laughs> I guess uh, I, I there were, like he was a face where I'm like, I, I feel like I've seen that guy before. And thank you right. for, for bringing it up. It wasn't one that I would lose sleep over necessarily. They're like, oh, man, no, what have yeah. I seen him in? But, okay, that that is nice. You know, these – these other people, you know, the, the main cast, it's like I obviously know where I've seen these people Oh, yeah, before. Leo, um, Matt Damon, <laughs> Jack Nicholson, Mark yeah. Wahlberg, Martin Sheen, uh, mm. Anthony Anderson, Alec Baldwin. Like, you recognize everybody in this fucking movie. Mm. And then, uh, like, I was looking at Vera Farmiga, right? And I was like, uh, she looks like Carmela Soprano mm. so hard. And I like I I was thinking back to like, what have I seen her in? Mm. 
And then uh, I looked it up and I was like, many saints in Newark. That's crazy. Because when I was watching that, I went, wow, Livia Soprano looks just like Carmela Soprano. So I thought that was, uh, I thought that was funny. Um, yeah, I didn't even, uh, the Marvel connection. I like, I didn't, I did not pick that one up. I did not. I didn't uh, either. Well, that's, what's crazy is like, I happened on that and like many saints is where I knew her from, but then I was looking and I was like, holy fucking shit. She's also in Hawkeye. She's Eleanor Bishop. She's the main villain in that in that show. Um, <laughs> yeah, she did, I don't know. She did just have a different look to her, I guess. In the in this movie, she had the light. She had um, the light lighter hair going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm, I don't know her. She was, uh, you know, and Costello was like, "It's always the wives that come back and get you." You know, it's it yeah. that that uh, and and her at the funeral crying. You know, and and and. Uh, Colin, you know, Matt Damon is looking at like, you know, why, why is she crying here? You know, like, why is she, why is she so distraught? You know, and, uh, and then you get after the funeral, he's like, well, what about the baby? And, and then, you know, she just continues. You know, she right doesn't even them. say a thing. Like, how do you think that was going to go, man? She knows you're the rat. She heard the tapes. She knows, and like, it's Leonardo's kid. You know, I'm assuming that's the, the only reason they threw the erectile dysfunction swing in at, at well, a, and it's interesting too. In the trivia, it says that Matt it was Matt Damon's idea for the character to be impotent. Uh, huh? Yeah, which is which is really interesting. He was just like, a, I think this is probably a good move. Uh, good move. And it was like in contrast to Costello's overwhelming pigness. Mm. Um, it was like they're in it for completely different things I and see. are completely different people. Yet work together in a really strange capacity mm. um hmm. like the whole mentorship that they they lay out before you is really really cool mm. and uh i really really enjoyed that but mm. uh yeah i guess they could have maybe um like and that's the thing is like the the parts that would give you emotional resonance would be like like matt damon as a kid and like maybe if we stuck with him a little bit more and then, like, shown, you know, how he rose through the ranks or got gained the trust of Costello more or, you know, or um, even... I will say, like, I would have appreciated... I, I certainly would have appreciated a little bit more of a building upon his character in an emotional way, you know? Like, if they would have laid out to us that he was starting to resent Costello and was like, uh, you've, you're using me, mistreating me, mm. uh, like this is a long time coming. I'm going to do this. Maybe then I did like the sentiment when it did happen though, when he did kill him and he went, you Mm. rat fuck. Mm. I was Mm. like, this man is not police, Mm. you know, like, like through and through he, he, he had no interest in being a cop other than to benefit the, the crime world he was in. So mm. he he kills him and he's like, "You rat fuck!" Mm. Like, you're mm. fucking kidding me. And yeah, I think what would have been interesting if, is if he found out that he was an FBI informant a little earlier, and then maybe right. he was like, to, like maybe if he had a plot him. against him or, or like you know, make sure it's true or something like that. Um, but really, he only he figures out and then and he's dead. You know, they have their first encounter and then that's it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I think. Um, I don't know. They had just they had the opportunity for emotional resonance. I feel, and I feel like they were trying, but they just it didn't hit and it didn't there, stick. 
there are too many moments where Leonardo DiCaprio is being vulnerable as an actor mm. for them to not be trying to evoke emotional resonance. It's just not, it's just not hitting the way it's supposed to. I don't think. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. I think, I don't know that that is kind of the, I don't know. Is it the story that I really like, or is it just the actors that are like keeping me in it? Like, I, I feel like the story is, is good though. Like, this Oh, is, it's certainly, yeah, it's, it's certainly it's, entertaining. Like, hmm. I, I remember I made the comparison to a sports game last night when we mm. were watching it because, mm-hmm. you know, I made the comparison when he dies, he gets shot coming off the elevator, Billy. Uh, it's like when I'm watching a sports game and I've been pulling for one team the whole time and they lose, I'm going to be like, fuck, but I'm immediately over it. I don't, I don't give a shit, man. Like, I'm I'm just <laughs> like, like this mm. was entertaining and that was that. Um, mm. That's true. And, and, it was ceaselessly entertaining. I, w- I will give it that. You know, it kept me the whole time. Hmm. Yeah, I think um, I'm just trying to think of you know the ratings and and we were we were talking how this is one is going to kind of have to be one that we're going to have to talk through a little bit mm-hmm. to really get down and and everything. But I think the enjoyment category would be the easiest one. You know, it is just how you felt about the movie. Um, you know, since. Uh, Oh my god, how am I blanking? Uh, since Dead Poets, you know, it's how how well you connected to the movie. So I guess, you know, uh, doesn't really have the biggest strength there. But for pure enjoyment, yeah, there um, are other there are other aspects of this movie that are very enjoyable. Uh, hmm. I, you know, I made the comparison to Gladiator levels of enjoyment last mm-hmm. night, and uh, upon like further thinking about it, I think I enjoyed Gladiator more than I enjoyed this movie. Mm. Um, I mean, because Gladiator, you were right. It did have the emotional connection at the end there, and that's what they did play on at the very end. It was, it was basically actions unfolding that were cool to watch and that were entertaining, you know, for the first part of it. But then the ending was, you know, a massive like, oh, cool, this is this is actually happening. Like what? And then you have the emotional connection as well. Right. Um, but this one, it's the the events that are unfolding are, yeah, it's it's. I guess it's cool, you know, to, for the, for the first parts of the movie, and the ending is definitely like, oh shit, you know, like holy crap. But right. then it's just kind of done after the end there, and like, I'm not thinking of the ending a whole lot. Like after the movie, I'm like, okay, yeah, that happened, and that you know, it's it's done with, it's over. Like uh, instead of like, damn, like he really, he you know, he's back with his family. He he, you know, uh, Maximus accomplished what he wanted to do, everything right. that he sought out to do, and. And now, like, it, it was so fulfilling. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, and we gave we gave Gladiator a 4.15 in enjoyment. Um, and I think that is the ceiling for this I, for this movie. I I'll don't... give you I'll give you my range here. I think the ceiling is 4.15 with Gladiator. The floor is Pulp Fiction with 3.75. Hmm. OK. Um, and I guess that would put it in a. In enjoyment uh, rating with American Graffiti at a four, A Clockwork Orange at a four, and Apocalypse Now at a four. If we were to give it a four to put it in between both of those, um, which I, I think uh, – I don't know if I can say necessarily. Yeah, I, I don't think I can say that I enjoyed The Departed more than American Graffiti. Um, a Clockwork Orange I feel felt like 
I felt I, I feel very strongly I enjoyed a Clockwork Orange more mm. than uh, the Departed. So and uh, Apocalypse Now. I heard that and I was like, mm. I think I'd watch Apocalypse like because they're similar in length, um, and I get a lot more of a like an unsettling feeling about Apocalypse Now. I can feel it a little bit more, mm. um, and I know I will on rewatch too. Um, but I can th- say that I think um, I enjoyed this movie more than Pulp Fiction, though. I did too. I um, can definitely say that. Um, so I guess that would put it three eight, three nine. I guess um, range, um, or three eight five. If we want, I, I don't. I don't know where. I think I'm probably more around there. You know, like uh, three eight five, three nine. That feels that feels like a good range to put it in. Because um, yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm I'm certainly higher on this than I was Pulp Fiction. I I walk away from this movie with the story, like there was a story, mm. uh, more so than Pulp Fiction. Even you know, uh, there was actually mm-hmm. a cohesive narrative that went together pretty seamlessly. Mm-hmm. It just didn't evoke any emotion from me. And uh, I guess, do you think it is closer to Pulp Fiction or closer to American Graffiti, Clockwork Orange, and Apocalypse Now? For me, it's closer to Pulp Fiction. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think either eight three, five three eight five, yeah, is, is where I'm. I think that's comfortable. Um, hmm. Very interesting. Now that's the only category I think it'll hurt a little bit because mm. uh, I do think it was extremely well done, and I think it was as a crime movie is concerned. Boy, it's nothing but crime, and mm-hmm. it's really, really on the edge of your seat. Sh- on the edge of your seat shit, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and even though like, um, Costello's character is based on a true story and there were five crime bosses at the time, you know, like they, they could have weaved that in, but I think it would have just made the story more complicated. Yeah, I think it, it, it does just, probably. it is better that it's just, he is the obvious one that the police are going after. Uh, there's mm-hmm. no one, there's no other players in the game. He's just, it's him. Uh, and that's it. I think, I think it actually strengthens the movie. I think if they would have thrown in, you know, four other crime bosses, it would have just been too convoluted. But uh, I agree. I mean, yeah, this I mean, it is crime through and through. And as crime movies go, this was one of my favorites um, in in the genre category that we've done so far. I think um, a lot of other times that we've had a crime movie, um, it was kind of the uh, the story or the or something else that that really was that was stronger, I guess, like Training Day. Um we kind like the crime aspect. I don't know. Kind of, I I I don't feel was up to to this level. And and seven, even though that that was kind of all crime as well. Um, true enough. True enough. Yeah, I think uh, I'm more I'm closer to seven than I am Training Day. Like, hmm. uh, and maybe hmm. even above seven. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I do think. Uh, I think seven and Training Day. Seven and Training Day. Seven and. The Departed have similar endings in that it's not ceremonious. It's not happy. Mm. It's not uh, It's not what you wanted. It's dark. It's mm. just like, here's what happened. Oops. Sorry. Bye. Mm. Um, yeah, and I feel like Seven did that better. Also because like that moment's just so like, mm. fuck. What's in the box? Mm. Yeah, it was... Uh, Seven had one massive twist at the end. This while had like three. Yeah, it just was like bam, bam, bam. 
um, with Literally, this one. Man, man, and man. I guess, you know, I guess that's kind of what you want out of a crime movie is that it's not supposed to be a happy ending. You know, like you're not supposed to no, be yeah, involved not... in this sort of situation, you know, and, and it should end up bad. Um, oh, it's certainly. not supposed to be a fairy tale ending, but. But, no, uh, and I I definitely don't think so, and that's why I think uh, like Seven's ending was a tragedy. Mm. Uh, this just kind of happened, mm-hmm. you like, uh, and I don't think that's a I don't think that's a genre thing. But it, I just wanted to go into the further comparisons between some of the crime movies mm-hmm. we've covered. I'd say the crime elements of this movie were greater than Seven or Training Day. I think Training Day it showed me would have benefited a lot from a mob storyline. Mm. Um, instead of narcotics, mm-hmm. hard to give a fuck about uh dude smoking weed, which sure. they commented on a couple times in that movie. I'm like, dude, this is y'all are narcs, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, this is this one's a little bit more like uh, I can get behind, you know, taking down the mob. That one feels a little bit more appropriate to mm. uh to the times, you know, mm-hmm. rather than uh. We're gonna lock you up for twenty five years for fucking selling weed. Like I don't know, man. That's uh. And I guess I, I'm hesitant. Like I feel like in the crime category, it did really, really well. Um, but I'm still hesitant to be like this. I don't think this is a five out of five. No, um, no. And I think I'd say I'd I'd give it the edge over seven, mm-hmm. and maybe go straight up four eight four eight five. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's really strong, you know. I think other crime movies we have that are five out of five is The Godfather, uh, mm. Godfather Two. Um, I guess if you consider Taxi Driver, I mean Taxi Driver, I guess has crime. You know, we oh, gave that. I, I'd say that's a crime movie. Scarface a definitely a crime movie. Mm-hmm. Um, four for Scarface as well. Um, Goodfellas yeah, I'm, I'm a five. On. Yeah, I, I I think it it slots in in between. Um, seven and and like a godfather it's not up to the level that godfather and and goodfellas were but but definitely a a little bit above seven so i mean i feel four eight four eight five is is where i'm at as well all Um, right then i say i say we go ahead and put her down four eight five feels right um okay and now critically as a film um don't think it's in the four nine range uh, with with our you know our top movies, um, and I still feel the four eight five you know with Goodfellas, Gladiator, Matrix, King Kong, Jurassic Park, Kill Bill, uh, Train Spotting, not quite there for me either. Um, I guess it's getting getting warmer, close, but still not four eight range with Dead Poets, Truman Show, Forrest Gump, Goodwill Hunting. And you know, seven here, a four seven seven. Um, it's, I guess, get, get, wow. I mean, I okay. I feel like the ceiling for this is um, is around a four seven five four eight is absolute ceiling. I don't. It does not go above four eight. No, yeah. I'd um, say, I'd say four seven five is probably fair. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even a four seven. Uh, yeah, I, I think, think you know really... our four seven fives are Godfather Part Two and Boys in the Hood, and I feel the Boys in the Hood just has so much good. better of a story. Um, and the Godfather Part Two has you know the filmmaking and the story. Um, there, um, I feel, I feel like, like this, the Apocalypse Now, Kill Bill, Pulp Fiction range is feeling more accurate for it. 
Um, and I think it is it did better than Pulp Fiction. Um, and, you I'd know, Kill Bill sure. Volume 2 just being a sequel, uh, kind of, you know, hard for it. Yeah, well, I, yeah. It's standalone. Um, I think I think 4-7 is probably where I, so. where I would say uh, fits in with Apocalypse Now. And if we do that, it would average this out to a 4.47, which um, puts it right above the 36th Chamber of Shaolin. But below Gladiator, which God, that's makes, just so right, makes perfect sense. I mean, it, it's just what Gladiator did, but it didn't execute as well as Gladiator. Yeah. Um. So I I think that that definitely uh that worked out pretty well there. And a little interesting tidbit of information: this rating system kind of was inspired by this movie in a way. Um, right. Right. My my uh cousins uh kind of gave me the idea for for this rating system and instead they didn't do three categories but they would choose a category that best describes this movie they would do film uh film movie and then basically everything else so this this was to them a film nine is what they would say um yeah. it's not a movie this is more of a film in their opinion yeah, and and it's so I, I kind of took uh kind of uh, from there, um, and uh, we, we reworked it a bit, mm-hmm. but the point stands. It was inspired by that rating system, mm-hmm. nonetheless, and that rating system shook out to a four point four seven for mm-hmm. us. And you know, I think we'd get their approval. As, oh, yeah. You know, out of ten, that's almost a nine. Almost um, there. Yeah, perfect. I think uh, I think it worked out pretty well. Um, I'm comfortable. I don't think really needs any adjusting. I think really having all of the other movies to compare it to really helps um, now that we just it, have it, a lot of lot of other... We got a large sample to. size at this point. So, uh, and continuing to add to this as we even go beyond the 52-year journey through film, uh, man, it'll be nice to have these to compare it to. Mm. Just be like, yeah, where's this, where's this slot in? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that I just have a list that I can show people and be like yes this is how i feel about movies pretty much like to it almost to a t um and i can recommend you know all of these great movies for you and uh and the ones that i feel the best on the ones that i enjoyed more ones that i enjoyed for how they were made more and the the filmmaking and and stuff like that which uh but yeah i think we got we got some some good data um to certainly but certainly some good data but with that, we conclude this episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. Uh, this, our Friday episodes are our 52-year journey through film, as you know. And, uh, you know, it's been it's been a great deal of fun. And uh, this week was 2006, but next week we'll bring 2007, where we will have yet another crime movie and yet another Denzel Washington movie, hmm. an American Gangster Let's go. For 2007, and I'm very, very excited about that. Um, but with that, if you would, head to patreon.com slash Bloom, where you'll find over 24 hours of exclusive content not available anywhere else. And then if you would, uh, head to Twitter, follow at PennyBloomPod, follow on Instagram at PennyBloomPodcast. I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by joseph george thank you very much homie thank you for having me always a pleasure to be here oh and it is always a pleasure to have you and remember p
peace, love, and bloom. And maybe, maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. <laughs>